When I was a little girl, I did not like ghosts. I was downright terrified of them. It wasn't even that they would do something to me. My greatest fear was just to see one standing at the foot of my bed. And so I kept my lights on and stayed awake all night, every night. Finally, my mom took me to church to see our priest, and he decided to exorcise me. Lord, take the demons out of this girl, he said. Let the Holy Spirit and the guardian angels of heaven surround her in her room and protect her with their almighty swords. And it worked. I imagined my own personal angels decapitating any ghosts right above my head, and I slept soundly. But over the years, as I grew older, I slowly lost my faith in God. Unfortunately, ridiculously, I did not lose my faith in ghosts. So now, I have no protection. It's just me and them. My fear made me the best person on staff to spend the night in an old haunted theater looking for ghosts. That's why Snap Judgment sent me to the Warfield Theater. This is it, the Warfield. It opened in San Francisco in 1922. It's rumored that Al Capone had his offices in here. Back then, the theater district was like Times Square. Lights, marquees, and during Prohibition, speakeasies. Deep underneath San Francisco, there was a system of secret tunnels running along this entire district. Revelers came in through the barber shop next to the Warfield. Half its black and white checkered floor lifted up, and you crawled down a tiny staircase that opened up to a dance floor, a bathhouse, and a bar. Now, many of the tunnels are sealed off, but the speakeasy remains, mostly abandoned now, a storage space for equipment. In a corner of the old speakeasy, there's a caged-off alcove that's painted to look like a harem. On the walls, Art Deco camels, women in hijabs, flying carpets, and a scattering of bullet holes. And it's here that the ghosts hang out with the living, the employees of the Warfield. Many of the workers have been here for decades, and they all have a ghost story. People are walking across the stage, and they think they see, out of the corner of their eyes, someone up in the balcony smoking. And then they turn to look, and they don't see anyone there, but they see smoke hanging in the air. The dryer door opened all the way up, went all the way down, and then the dryer started. I walked out, and I stuck my head down the hall, and it looked like the last of one leg, like you just see somebody walking into a room. Opened it up and walked around, and there's nobody there. I've seen orbs go from one room to the next. Numerous people quit. They loved rock music, and they loved working here, and they spent a night here, and then they never came back. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I'm not ready for this. When I have to walk through the speakeasy to get to the bathroom, I cannot even handle it. Right now I have to walk through. Oh my God, I hate it. Oh my God, I hate this. Oh my God, I hate this. I have to walk, okay. The good news is I won't be spending the night here alone. I have arranged for a group called the Ghost Trackers to come help me look for ghosts tonight. Their captain is Gloria. My name is Gloria Young. I am founder and director of Ghost Trackers Paranormal Research Group. I have over 20 years of paranormal experience. And that means she knows how to find ghosts. She's done it on a bunch of TV shows. She and her crew of five others show up bringing along K2 monitors that measure electromagnetic fields, EVP recording equipment, 
night vision cameras. After I meet up with the crew, we venture down to find us some ghosts. I'm showing them around the tunnels when I suddenly realize that they're not following me, nobody's around. They're all back in the last hallway, and Ellen, one of the hunters, is afraid to go forward. I saw an old man over in the corner, so. You saw an old man over yeah. there? She's able to, to see. To see ghosts. Yeah, and it's gonna sound really cliche, but it's like a stagehand. And I got cancer. You, you think that he died of cancer? Yeah. There's something very strong going on in there. They start talking to him. Ellen begins to sense a name. John. And John, are you here? John, John, the old man that you saw is John. John. Are you here, John? Why are you still here? Are you okay? Is there anything we can do for you? John, do you know that you're dead? Thankfully, John doesn't seem to be talking back. And so the ghost hunters decide to move on. On the way out, I stop Ellen and ask her if she's ever seen a ghost whose identity has been verified historically. All the time. All the time. Can you give me like one example? Um, I'll go if you want. No, Julie, pick me up. I. I can't think of anything. I know, it just went right out of my head too, but um, yes, it happens all the time. You've been um, more than once verified by another psychic. Yeah, that's for sure. Hmm. Next, we shamble over to the haunted dressing room, one of the most active places in the theater. This is supposedly where many people have seen orbs floating back and forth. It is pitch black in the room. My spine is tingling. We all sit quietly and wait. Gloria and Ellen start to sense something. I think there was a fight in here. I mean, not a good fight. And actually, I think it was two women. Ellen, what do you think? Yeah, one of the names was Vanessa from the 1920s. An actress or a singer, uh-huh. and the other one was like... What I got is a lot what, what she said of like two women fighting over a man. Just listening to this conversation, something feels a bit off, and not in the spooky way. It just seems that all this information is coming too easily. And then I hear someone in Gloria's direction say, I smell alcohol. Alcohol? Did somebody say they smelled alcohol? Somebody didn't seriously just say, I smell alcohol? No, no I thought I heard some, somebody say. I thought say, you said that, Gloria. Yeah, that's what I heard. And that wasn't you, Gloria? No. Because <laughs> I, I was going to ask you why you're whispering. I don't whisper. It was dark. So, I don't know who said it. Whoever it was, they're silent now. So we continue on, but the ghosts are everywhere. Up on the balcony, Gloria begins to freak out again. Hi, I heard you're not feeling good. Oh, it's that same thing that I was feeling downstairs. I started getting that shaky knees thing again. Have you always felt presences or is that something you trained yourself to do? No, actually. Anybody can be a psychic, and I talked to many different people, and they all gave me instructions. So for two years, I did that. The first part of any kind of paranormal research is to pay attention. Have you ever been in your home and heard somebody call your name, and you turn around, there's nobody there? Somebody's actually touching you. It's there. So now I get pictures in my head every once in a while. Every once in a while. Just like you. A what? 
you have somebody that stands right here. And I'm getting the impression that it's like a grandmother. Somebody that was very close to you. And you still think of this person a lot. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? But it's a dead person? Mm-hmm. Somebody that's passed on. Hmm. And you would go and visit this person. Sandy, Sarah, Sahara, so somebody that watches over you. And every once in a while, you feel it. I didn't really have any family growing up. Barely any parents. No Sarahs. But I do have a great aunt I barely knew named Sam Kuche. Maybe she's looking out for me? It's a nice idea. I didn't know what to make of all of this. It was 3 a.m. and I was trying to be open. And I couldn't feel a thing. But just when I was ready to turn in, I heard this. A bassy rumbling that was loudest when we sat in the dressing rooms sounded exactly like gear cases being rolled across the stage, which was right above our heads. We kept going up to the stage to see what was going on, but it was silent there. There were no gear cases. There was nobody at all. When the ghost trackers left that evening, they told me they loved the rumbling and really, really loved the ghostly alcohol line they heard. They said that line made the night a success. But I wanted to withhold judgment until I listened to my tape. The next morning, I listened very carefully through all my tape for ghostly noises. I heard nothing. Then I replayed the alcohol line. One more time. When I heard this, I thought, I have to give Gloria a call. Hi, how are you doing? Pretty good. Cool. Um, So I am just cutting the piece together right now. What happened is when I got home and I put the alcohol, do you remember that part? Yes. When I put that into my editing software, I made it louder. It, It very much sounds like your voice saying, I smell alcohol. And I wanted to ask you what your response is to that. My response is going to be the same as it was then. It wasn't me that said it. It sounds like me. I know it sounds like me. I went back right away to go and find it on, you know, on a recorder. It's not the first time that somebody's voice has come out on tape, but it does happen. I am a stronger person than the rest of the people that were with me. I don't know. That's what she said. But, an hour later, I got an email from Gloria. This is an excerpt from that email. I often test my peers and see what they sense and see if they can pick out various things. That's exactly what I did there and that's exactly what you caught. That was me saying what you heard and I was trying to see if they would catch that too. Unfortunately, I had to play sly because I happened to be Skyping with a fellow ghost hunter when you called. Sorry about any confusion. Gloria. And that's when I knew. That I was alone. I had lost God. Now I'd lost ghosts too. And what was left was a void. Instead of feeling relief that I would never see that dreaded ghost standing at the foot of my bed, I just felt abandoned. But I just kept stewing about this story over and over for days, and I thought, okay, fine. I don't believe in ghosts anymore, but that mysterious rumbling. I know I heard that. So I was gonna get down to the bottom of this. I called the house manager of the Warfield. He's a real no-nonsense guy, 
tells it like it is always. His name is Larry. Hi, Larry. Hello. So during the hunt, the one thing we couldn't explain was the sound of something rolling really heavy. And it was coming from right above uh, the dressing rooms. Do you have a logical explanation for this? And, like, could it have been something on the street? Uh, I don't. What's right there is the stage. And there's nothing else that really makes those sounds, but we hear them all the time, so. Right. You hear this regularly. The only thing that can be is echoes of cases. But to be clear, there are no cases, right? There's nothing there that makes those sounds. No. No one has access to that. There is probably a very sane explanation for all of this. But I can't find out what it could be. And, you know, I'm okay with that with the doubt that keeps me from knowing for sure. Because I think that maybe you can't hunt for ghosts. You can only wait for them to come to you. And that knowledge doesn't really feel scary anymore. That sound, it kind of just feels like a hand, reaching out from far away, holding mine. Thanks so much to the good people at San Francisco's historic Warfield Theater. And if you dug that story, we made a little movie about it. And by we, I mean Will Urbina. It's ready for you right now at snapjudgment.org.